What's going on? Is someone hurt? The book's rampaging. We had to evacuate everyone. Alright, so I charge into the room knowing that there are sick people who can't really help themselves. Alright, so I'll start yelling at it. Uh, I'll do my own intimidate. Come get some, ugly! Classic. You are helpless. Okay, well, I'm gonna get coup de grad. Nice, nice campaign. Good seeing you. Um, good job, Jaden. You've successfully oh. 1v1'd me. Well, you know, it is going to do all these grunt and gurs and gogs and uh, and I will perform in like kind. Is bacon a religious thing for Americans? It says, experience not required, just a strong arm and pointy stick. I meet all the requirements. This sounds like we're off to a good start. Foundlings, and welcome back to another episode of the Gage Chronicles. This is season one, episode 36. I am Emily. I'm your game master and host for this episode, the season, the series, all that kind of shabacle. And today I am joined by me, Quentin. I normally am the GM of the odd campaign, but here I just play Charles Smoot, 57 year old biology teacher, born and raised in upstate New York, dealing with anger issues, but eagerly recuperating from a recent stomach gouging with a unirabbit. And I'm Jaden. Uh, I play Benevere Avir, bard, aspiring merchant, and seeker, uh, looking to, uh, to make way with his first real quest. Is it really the first real quest, or is it just a quest oh, sorry. of the realness? His first legal quest. Oh, legal, legalese. Got it. Okay. Gentlemen, let's just do a quick recap here. Last episode, as Charles Smoot so fondly put it, he was stabbed in the abdomen by a unirabbit, as he is referring to it as. However, on a much happier note, what, that's not happy for you? No, it was very happy. You just shook your head. You, you said a much happier note. Nothing can get more exciting than being gored by a jackalope. Uh, incorrect. Well, Laporidae, thank you. We found Kelsey. You did. You were reunited with Kelsey, but not with Alan Taylor. And also, Alfred Kenneth Mest is nowhere to be seen. And in addition to that, Charles Smoot received a strange letter as he was heading out with a group heading towards this new destination. However, there are words that are almost impossible to read with the time he's had, and therefore he'll have to address that at another time. But I digress. Ahem. Does anybody remember what was said or where you were told to go, who you're seeing? We were told to speak with a Jake Tarnish who owns a small farm outside of Lamb's Spite. Jake Tarnish. That's right. And I did not write down that last name, so I'm going to write that down really quick. I got you. No, I, I'm starting to wonder if he might possibly be related to the other quest of Jacob, who has proposed to. <gasps> but we will see. And maybe it's his daughter who's missing the cat. And we can complete all three quests at once. And his grandmother that needs the groceries. <gasps> it all comes full circle. These I... people are needy and rely way too heavily on the Seekers. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I see how you really feel, Finnevere. All right. 
Well, gentlemen, you were told to go where, though? Best uh, meet uh, the farm outside Lamb's Respite. Oh my gosh, the farm outside Lamb's Respite. Exactly, that farm outside of Lamb's Respite. Perfect. Well, you start heading out of Lamb's Respite towards that farm. Yeah, you know, the farm of Jake Tarnish, Tarnish's farm. Yeah, that kind of thing that you would think you would recognize. Anyway, by this point, it is later in the afternoon. It is overcast and hints at foul weather. And the clouds are looking to burst at any moment into a downpour while the wind whips through your hair. Following Nora's really poor directions of just saying, oh, go to that farm, it leads you about 20 minutes out from the city along the path through grassy plains and tilled fields. But there is no farm stead in sight. Before we get out of range of uh, civilization and other people. Uh, Yeah, other people... (laughs) Ask questions of uh, random people we see on the street to see if they know of Jake Tarnish. Sure, you may do so. So you are going to roll diplomacy to talk with people. Okay, I can do that. But I'm still in minus two. Not feeling so good. Uh, relic sickness. Everyone's was a bit eager to get on the first quest. <laughs> All right, we'll see. I'm missing half my HP and I'm still here. Uh, that would be an 18. Okay. You get some stares from people who are not sure who exactly that is, but you do come across an older woman who is hobbling along on the street with her cane, trying to get inside before the weather becomes rather poor. She recognizes the name and sort of indicates that this farm should be a good ways down the road. It's usually off to the left, but she hasn't been there in many, many years and also hasn't seen Jake in just as long of a time. I'll thank you very much for the information. Now, Charles Smoot, I know that your character, uh, you yourself actually, uh, are pretty injured. Would you actually want to go right now or are you, uh, how you feeling? Well, with a limp in your step, maybe Finnevere will be able to keep up with me. All right, so you, you give that jab to Finnevere. Meanwhile, Cece is trailing behind, picking some blades of grass to chew on and then throwing them to the side, realizing they don't taste very good. It's kind of sad. Why do you think grass would taste good? I don't know. You see the animals eat it all the time. Wouldn't you think that if something eats it all the time, it probably tastes good? Not necessarily. Maybe that's the only thing we have access to. But they don't. They also have access to feed like oats and, and hay. Does hay taste good? I don't know. Why don't you try some? I will. Maybe we'll find some at Tarnish's farm. Yeah. I don't know about that. Mr. Smoot, are you sure you're ready to do this? Why not? Uh, I can't disappoint Cece. She really wanted to go out today. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> we could die. That's what could happen. Yeah, but see, you sound so excited for it. I couldn't bear disappointing you. Mr. Smoot, if you don't mind me asking, I know you're looking to be as expeditious as possible in gaining rapport and gaining information uh, to get back home, but... Need you be so, uh, forgive me saying so, carelessly, uh, expeditious? I mean, if you want to go home, you're more than welcome to Finnevere. I don't think that's going to make things any better, though. No, I I think it best if I still join you. Uh, uh, as he kind of, like, massages his own injury and, uh, I guess uh, his feeling from the relic sickness. We'll press on, but with caution. If things get too rough, we're getting out of here. Deal? Yeah, it's- Generally, what you do when you're almost about to die, very simple solution. Don't. That is a very fair point. Hmm. 
Do you have any more of uh, Mr. Mest's health potions? Uh, I mean, I drank. Uh, yeah, I got one more. Okay, as long as you feel confident, you can use it, Mr. Smoot. I'll just drink it right now. You could. Uh, we could conserve that. I still have a bit of my magic today, uh, although not much left. It might be better to conserve Mr. Mest's potions for, uh, we don't know when he'll be back. Or we could just, like, buy more from the alchemist lady. The herbalist woman. Yeah, that one. All right. So Charles Smoot pops the cork off of this health potion and chugs it down. And you see that he seems to be more revitalized. And that wound appears a little better, but it is still very present, though not as holy. See, we're doing perfectly fine. That is really weird how quickly that works. Oh, is it? Um, what kind of healing potions do you have back at your hometown? She looks back and forth, confused and also not sure how to answer that until she finally says, We don't. It's more of, uh, if there's a hole, you you sew it shut. <laughs> and like, wait six months for it to be healed. But we do have, uh, antibiotics. Um, I've never heard of that one. Uh, bacteria killers. Yeah. Oh, I do know what that is. You do? I'm surprised. Uh, then he's bluffing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm, su I'm surprised that society has already developed an understanding of modern germ theory. That's pretty impressive, actually. Hmm. I'm surprised you didn't talk with Mr. Alfred more about it. Um. Perhaps you can when he gets back. Uh, I'll look forward to it. So, gentlemen, as you are making your way through these fields, uh, you can all roll a perception check. 23 for Charles Smoot. 18 for Finnevere. All right. So, gentlemen... As you are walking, as I said, for about that 20-minute period, you continue, and Cece finally kind of exclaims, Where is this farm? We've been walking, and there's fields, and you do see that on either side of you, on the paths, there are a variety of crops that seem to be almost ready to harvest. A golden wheat on the left, some green short crops on the right, you're not exactly sure what they are. But they have been going on for a very long distance, and you haven't spotted any buildings so far. However, there is something very odd that you notice as you are walking. You sort of see that there are almost, like, burn marks in some of the plants, and there seems to be something that might have shot through them, creating a sort of circle-ish pattern. And it goes through some of the plants all the way through, but you can't see exactly where it ends unless you go into the fields. Hmm. I wonder what we're out here to exterminate. <laughs> well, we haven't met Jake yet, so I guess it's nothing. Ah, uh, well, uh, just having frog flashbacks. Clarifying question. Did you say that there are circular burn marks in crops? Not from top down. I'm talking about like something is pierced through the crops as if something is shot through them. Rapidly burning away parts of the crops, almost at a downward angle. Okay. Are there, is there anything still on fire, or is it... Nothing is still on fire. This appears to have happened a bit of time ago. Um, you actually notice that there are some areas, though, in the tilt, like the shorter crops, you can actually notice better uh, that there do appear to be some areas of dirt that are almost raised up, like the dirt was recently overturned. Okay, uh, can I investigate the, the turned dirt? Sure. Uh, do you want me to make a perception? Sure. Uh, that is a, a third 18. <laughs> Finnevere goes over into the short crops, I'm assuming. 
Mm-hmm. You make your way into these short crops. Are you being careful of where you're stepping, or are you just kind of uh, Well, I'm also trying to look for tracks, but aside from that, not really. Okay. You don't see any tracks, so to speak. You do see the remnants of plants that have burned up. Most of the shorter plants seem to have been unharmed, but you do notice this overturned area in the soil. Going over and taking a closer look, you see that some of the leaves, again, have been burned as if something very hot was in the area that burned quickly and then stopped. And going over, looking deeper into the mound, you kind of see what appears to be a dark, solid mass kind of just are embedded in the ground in the center of this dirt. Do I have any way of understanding what I'm looking at at all? It looks like a rock. Is it moving? It is not moving. Is it making a sound? like? It's, there is no sound being made. I want to see if I have a stick. I want to poke it. You have a bow. Oh, that is stick-like. Bows are very stick-like. Stick very good. Uh, I'll take an arrow and I'll poke it. Okay. You poke it. Okay. It shifts with the arrow. Cool. Is it, uh, is it like light enough to pick up? With the arrow, you see that it moves. But oh. it is hard to tell if you could just pick it up, I guess. But it looks like you could pick it up because it seems almost like a rock. Can I try to pick it up? You may try to pick it up, and you do so. Oh, I bring it back over to the group. Benavir approaches over to the group, holding this small palm-sized rock in his hand, and he seems to show it around. You see that it is a small, black-headed rock. I found this at the center of the, uh, uh, at the epicenter of the burnt crops. Well done, Benavir. You have found a rock. Oh, uh, yes, but have you have you seen a rock that can burn crops? Uh, someone, it's a flaming rock? I don't know. Um, maybe it's a meteorite. Uh, falling from the sky? We are fighting aliens. Aliens? Extraterrestrials. Why are they extra? Because How extra are these terrestrials? Because they're extraterrestrials, because they're not from this terrestrial space. They're from out, out. Earth space. So that makes them more more terrestrial? Are, well, it's like other terrestrial in a sense. Then, then why, why not call them other terrestrials? I don't know. I didn't coin the term. I just know what they're used. If you want to, because I'm sure the term doesn't even exist anymore, we'll just rename it and we can call them other terrestrials. Alright. So now you can coin the phrase. There we go. We've got some OTs somewhere out there. Kelsey leans over to Charles. We should be careful referring to it that way. Why? They were other terrestrials. No, we're from this planet. How do you know? Presumably. That is a presumption we have made, yes. Okay. Would, would Finn know anything about meteors? I mean, there's lots of fiction out there, but... Do you have anything in knowledge geography? Yeah, lots. You can roll knowledge geography. Taking into a factor him not feeling good. 24! Rolled maximum. Okay. It does not look like anything from this Earth. Earth place, planet, location. Earth is a general term. Mm-hmm. Terrestrial. Sure it is. Sure it is. Um, so on top of it being potentially from outer space, it also is very strange. Doubly cool. It is strange to you. It doesn't look like anything you've ever seen. You've never had any personal experience with this kind of thing. It seems very strong and sturdy, however. Uh Oh, I have it marked down in my inventory. Uh, oh, wait, uh, what color is it? It is black. 
Benavir, as you begin to put it away into your inventory, you do kind of notice that it feels a little bit odd in your hand, too. It doesn't have the same weight as a regular rock, either. Oh, it's, um, like, light? Yeah, it feels very, very light. Almost as if it's hollow. It wouldn't happen to Abby anyway if he could think if this was an egg, would he? He can think whatever he wants. Oh, in that case, he'll likely uh, cut a piece of fabric and wrap it around before packing away in his pack. Kelsey leers at you as you do this, questioningly. Oh, well, if this is a space rock, perhaps it's valuable. Well, it is light and it does seem sturdy. Perhaps it's something akin to uh, uh, mithril. A rock. Are rock. We mithril? Rocks make metal, Mr. Smoot. Oh, no, metal makes metal. Metal is slightly different than rocks. Oh, semantics. I'm just saying, have you ever tried melting a rock? How well does that go for you? Uh, I did try. It did not go very well. Yeah, that's the difference between rocks and metal, bud. It's... Uh, Smoot would keep an eye out and see if he could find any more of these anywhere nearby. You see, as you're walking along, that there are several other areas. Um, mostly on the left side where the gra- where the uh, crops are taller. Charles Smoot would parse his way through the tall crops and go ahead and see if he could find one of these rocks. All right, Charles Smoot, you push your way through some of the crops and you find one of these meteorites in one of the holes, a little bit bigger than the one that Finnevere had, but this one also appears to be black pitted and is very lightweight, cool to the touch. So I pick it up and examine it. If you're trying to identify what it could be, you could try attempt a knowledge planes or nature. I'll stick with the nature, seeing as I'm not too familiar with other planes of existence. That'll be a total 26 for Charles Smoot. Okay. This thing does appear to you to be some sort of meteorite. Some sort of rock came from the sky, probably burned up in orbit, and embedded itself in the ground. It feels hollow, as if something could have been inside of it, but you're not sure. Oh, what if this was a spacecraft for the other terrestrials? That's why it's dented. Because they crawled out of it, and then they started growing and having offspring, and that's what we're here to kill and exterminate. Oh no, I'm not, we're not going to go through the whole alien thing. I don't want to have things eating out of my belly. That was only one headcanon theory. Other people say they built the pyramids. Interesting. I hope we're not fighting aliens, though. Well, only one way to find out. We gotta speak with the man, the myth. But as far as I'm concerned right now, legend, because we've never met him, Jake Tarnish. Okay. So we keep walking further down the path, I guess. Uh, anything else you could think of? Uh, no, unless anything else strikes us as odd. Um, uh, Smoot would be keeping an eye out on the left-hand side, as that's the direction that the elderly woman mentioned that she recalled his farmhouse being. All right. You all continue walking, the thunder roaring and rolling overhead. No breakage in the clouds yet, and no rain so far. A little bit further down, and you finally come upon a second worn path with two deep grooves on either side, surrounded by tall golden crops that branches off from the main road. Well, if I was betting man, I would say this is where we're supposed to go. Well, it's on the left, and... It's a path. We can take it if you want. We don't really have any better directions. Onwards, I have a stick now. And you see that Cece, uh, while she was walking, has managed to gather herself a rather large stick. Oh. Oh, are we still near the golden hay? 
golden hay. The wheat. The, the wheat. Yes, that is the crop that you are walking by. I want to snatch up a single uh, uh, strand and like pluck it out and put it in the side of my mouth. Okay, you do so. I'll wait for my moment. Whoa, Finnevere, isn't that stealing? Great is good. That's someone else's property, Finnevere. <laughs> uh, I was just demonstrating about the consumption of... The consumption? Isn't that a fever? Is that, is that a... Uh, that is a term for a really severe fever. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not sick. Uh, uh, you know, never mind. I, I, flicked the, I flicked the gold piece away. Never mind. That poor man's crops. You just wasted it and threw it on the ground. Like you didn't even care, Mr. Finnevere. No, you're rude. right. Waste should not be. I go and I pick all the kernels. All right. You get like 10 kernels. You're not very expert at this. 10 kernels of wheat. Grind that up. You could have like an eighth of a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is not even a bite, man. <laughs> so, this path is before you on the left, and the rest of the road continues onward ahead. Go left, you go straight. You gotta follow on the leftward path. All right, you turn left, according to Charles Spoot, who starts walking down that way. Well, oh yeah, on the trail that someone else blazed. I may be injured, but I feel like I can still take more of a hit than you can, so I guess I'm gonna lead the way. Uh, you know, I'm inclined to agree with you. If I were to take a hit such as you did earlier, I'm pretty sure that would have been the end of me. You guys begin walking down this left path. It actually takes you a good ways down, about a 10-minute walk off the main road. The tall golden crop on the sides of you, yes, this golden wheat, is mostly blocking your view from the world around. You're really just being enveloped by it, and... You finally do come out from it into a small opening, which actually is encircled entirely by this crop. Are they in pajamas? You find a small farmstead surrounded by a wooden picket fence several hundred yards wide. You see that there are livestock wandering around in the main pen, and on an offshoot, there also appears to be a corral for several horses who are prancing about. At the very center, you see a small, what appears to be, house, and to the left, you see a barn. Overall, it appears quite humble in appearance, with cream daub walls and a thatched roof, being much longer than it is wide for the main house. You see several berry bushes and flower beds surrounding it, but they do not seem to be faring very well against the goats, who are constantly walking over top of them and plucking at the berries. And you see, as you get a little closer, there appears to be an older man sitting on the porch in a rocking chair, slowly rocking back and forth. As he approaches, Charles Smoot would wave and kind of question towards the man. You, Jake Tarnish. He continues to rock as you say that, and he looks at you. Who's asking? Seekers, we saw your post in the guild hall. <laughs> Seekers, eh? Yeah, I'm Jake. What do you want? Uh, it's more of a matter of what you want. I would guess you had a quest pinned up on the board regarding some extermination. Weren't really any details. Don't really know what I'm supposed to be exterminating here. Well, come on in. Don't just stand out there. Storms are coming. Thank you kindly. I would motion for the rest of the party to approach as we are walking towards and into the house, presumably. 
You walk towards the house. He does not let you enter. In fact, you have to go through a small gate to get through. Uh, it appears that one of the goats is attempting to get out as you come in. Can I handle animal it? Absolutely. 19 for Charles Smoot's handle animal. You, you push the goat back from the door or from the gate. You push the goat back from the gate and you keep it from going out. No, 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 no. You're not allowed to escape here. Because later I need to come back and put you in pajamas. Mr. What? Oh, you've never seen goats in pajamas, Cece. It's one of the cutest things. I don't under... How can you put goats in pajamas? Specially made goat pajamas. You hear Kelsey sort of snicker behind you as you walk in past... The glory days of, of, of Tuyub. Ah, Tuyub. I knew it well. All right. As you approach closer to this man, Jake, you see that he is an older gentleman with very tan skin, deep brown eyes, with that thick southern accent he's got going on there. You see that his hair is messily tied up in a bun which sticks through a hole in the top of his straw hat. His beard is very long and unkempt. So, you here on a mission, and Yeah, I just need you to point and say what dies. He gestures over towards the barn. Over the barn, are you see? I'm sorry, you're gonna have to slow down there. Sorry. Uh, here. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm a he's a little slow. hard of hearing. Yeah, all his earwax, and I could put kind of put my pinky in my ear. It wasn't you, Mr. Smoot. I didn't. here. you're more of a natural linguist. Well, he said over there. You see. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, you hard of hearing? Yes, I am a little hard of hearing. Unfortunate for you. Yeah, you know, back in Nam. Grenade almost blew up both my legs. That's a, That's a bold-faced lie, but no one knows. Smoot always wanted to be in Nam, but he never got the chance. It's still a bluff. If it... <laughs> the dream will live one. Um, total natural 20. I don't know what Nam is, but all right, then. Uh, anyways, you said something about in the barn. Oh, yeah, over there in the barn. What is it exactly? Yeah, thank you, goat. I'm questioning this, too. You see us, this little black-spotted goat sort of hops up over towards you. Not now, Constance. And he sort of shoos her away. He says, Fine, follow me. Don't you touch anything, though. Is that the thing I'm gonna kill? Precisely. Fair enough. I'll be able to, I'll trail back and be like, they're like a perfect match. As I approach the barn, I pull out my greatsword. Why are you putting out now, right now? What do you mean? There's gonna be something to kill us in there. You always got to be on guard. You never know when someone's going to jump you. That's why I don't like you seekers. You jump into everything. You barely even get any information first. That's very simple information. I'm here to kill something. Calm your fighting spirit, Mr. Smoot. I'm sorry. I never got my revenge. I have a lot of pent-up emotions. Well, we'll find a very determined rabbit for you sometime. You want rabbit? No, 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 no. It's fine. What were you going to say? I say, are there any rabbits bothering you in your crops? <laughs> I don't think that's what we're here to Not too much. Mother Brahms. He starts going over to the barn and begins to open up one of the doors, heaving against the latch that's on it. And he starts to explain. Everything was fine, you see, until a few weeks ago when Skyrocks came crashing down into the barn. Worked down part of the barn storage room. Moved where I could, but it's getting really hard to do it when I'm older now. He opens up the door and he gestures inside. So the Brahm has been to the, the dang racks that keep coming up and eating all the supplies I got. Couldn't move them all. All right. Now, I need you to understand. Uh, I lived in a place where rats could be up to this big. How big are we talking? 
About that big. All right, small dog size, perfect. Variety size. Variety of sizes. Oh no, the small ones gonna be really hard to hit with this big one. Well, I had three cats, but unfortunately, they, uh, when I sent them in, they, they didn't come back. I haven't seen them for a few weeks now. Yeah, the rats can kill the cats if they get big enough. In fact, it's been a bit of a more rough problem because none of the animals won't go back inside the barn. Fair enough. I wouldn't want to go in there with murderous rats either. Oh, down. He seems to look over towards one of the horses who is braying at him and nodding its head. All right, so clear the rats out of the barn. That's all you got for us? Clarifying. Yeah, right. yeah you're going to clear out. Get rid of the rats. Don't touch anything else. Depends on how many rats we're dealing with. Oh, I hope it's not a swarm. Oh, don't don't be a swarm. Oh, uh, that devilish grin of yours worries me. Well, go on and get in there. All right. Smoot takes the old man's gesture and goes on ahead into the barn. I suppose this would be an appropriate time to uh, make sure the crossbow's loaded and ready. As you guys enter into the barn, you hear as the deluge begins and the rain begins coming down heavily, the barn door closes loudly behind you and it appears that Jake has abandoned you to the inside of this place. As he instructed, he said something along the lines of there was a storeroom and that's where the problem lies. You see, upon entering, on your right, there appear to be two stalls that are empty with fresh hay that has been placed and two troughs of some sort. And all the way at the north end of the room, there are three other stalls, but it appears one of them is in the process of being cleaned with, ugh, well, grumpy's poop. The, the horse poop, presumably, is being shoveled into some barrel there for you, wheelbarrow. In another stall, you see that there appears to be hay that is being stored, and also to the very far right of the room, there is a large hay bale. You don't exactly see from where you're standing, though, as you come in this storage room, but you do see directly to your left that there appears to be a door leading to another room, and maybe the rest of the barn extends just past that as well, and there may be something back to the left that you can't quite see yet. Well, nothing speaks storeroom more like a closed door. So Charles Smoot will approach the closed door directly to the party's left. You go over to that door and you attempt to open it, but as you reach for the handle and you jiggle it, you find that it is locked. I hope he's not so old that he has thus become senile, and uh, presumably this will not be the storeroom if it is locked and he expects us to get into it. Maybe we take a look around and if this is our only alternative well I guess we'll just have to go get Jake and have him let us in here. If I might make a suggestion I'm no uh, stranger to hunting vermin except for I wasn't the one doing the uh, actual physical hunting part last time I was a part of this. Uh, we had some vermin problems back in the farms near uh, where I grew up. We found a nifty little combo trick uh, one of my friends with a bow and myself with my uh, music. It seems that many creatures of the of the world are uh, quite appreciative. I you say harmonious sounds. Oh, are we going to have a Pied Piper situation? By all means, sing the rats a lullaby and lure them out. That doesn't actually work, does it? Really? Uh, I'm going to stick with that cannon and say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll see if it continues to work. CC seems just... quite enthralled with this idea. All right. So I'll break out. Uh, I'll put away my crossbow and put it back on its hook and break out my loot. 
I'll uh, lean up against that post in the center of the barn there and uh, pose a comfortable stance and begin to play. All right, Finnevere, as you begin to walk past the wall of this second, of this room directly to your left, you actually notice there seems to be another room that is right next to one of the stalls, but it looks like the entrance to it is down a wide hallway, which also seems to lead to some other large barn doors, which you now assume must lead out into the pasture where the horses are. But you do see that there is wood scattered on the floor to your left. Um, Smoot. That is my name. I want to take a look around. Uh, I, I gesture in the direction of the wood. Uh, and I will, I think I'll just uh, start my performance or start it back up. Charles Smoot will start walking towards the direction which Finnevere is gesturing to, saying the wood is over here. And he will start walking up along this wall to his left-hand side and then turn into that more open area up to his left. Okay. Uh, Finnevere, you're starting a bardic performance. Then you can roll your perform check. A total of 20. You begin plucking on your lute, playing a few notes here and there. It sounds decent to you. You're actually getting into it, swaying along. This goes on for several minutes, but nothing seems to happen beyond the fact that Charles Smoot seems to hunch his shoulders and murmurs to himself a little bit. Cece and Kelsey are dancing happily with it. Oh, I figured I'd give this uh, kind of a chance to kind of let Smoot look in all the rooms while I I just get to uh, lay back. If I got a couple minutes... (laughs) So I would I would like to point out, as you guys go further into this stable, going up towards where the stalls are, you actually notice that it is surprisingly clean. It smells clean, as if the animals haven't been there for a long while. And interestingly enough, Smoot, as you get closer to where this wood is shattered, you actually do notice that it appears that this was once a door that was there. As you go back to this door that has fallen over, it is completely off its hinges. Parts of it are shattered onto the floor. You can actually see that the back far left corner of the barn has toppled over in on itself. And it appears to have made a relatively large hole in the floor and crushed some of the crates and barrels back there. You can see that there is food scattered on the floor from what Jake could not get out. Lots of food that has been chewed into and destroyed some of it already beginning to rot there is an awful smell coming from this room and in fact as you go in I need you to make a fortitude save best save for a roll uh total 17 for Charles Smith you're able to stomach the odor it is relatively strong it's the just rotten smell but also this really odd charred wood smell that's like bothering you for some reason you said there was a hole in the side of the barn? There is a hole where the wall has collapsed. You can see that rain is actually coming in from the side and actually is beating against the um, interior. You see that there is a hole in the floor where the wall has collapsed in, where some it looks like some of the wood has also fallen down into this hole. The ceiling still seem intact, out of curiosity? The ceiling appears mostly intact. It appears that a good chunk of the wall that has fallen in uh, guys, I, I think I found the storeroom. Uh, just be cautious when entering. The smell's kind of rancid. Rotting food and, and no doubt rat droppings. Okay. You say this and Finnevere is continuing to play a little bit on his lute. Kelsey begins making her way over towards you. Oh, that smell is... Oh, that's awful. What is that? Well, when food rots for a few weeks, 
starts to degrade all of that, it starts to release specific enzymes, and let's just say they don't smell the most pleasant. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's terrible. So where exactly are these rats? Well, let me see if I can find out. Smoot will take a step inside the storeroom. Okay. And if he is not in any immediate danger, will attempt to survival check to track the rats. Okay. Charles Smoot, you enter into the room. You hear some of the floorboards creaking beneath you a little bit, but you do not feel that you are in any danger at this time. You may make a survival check if you would like, but I would also like you to make a perception check. Charles Smoot's perception is a total 15, and his survival is a total 26. Okay. Charles Smoot, as you get closer to the hole, you're actually starting to realize that that odor that was kind of confusing you, the smell of burned wood, but you also catch the scent of rat urine, definitively so. It actually smells like it's coming from within the hole. And as you get closer to it, you actually see it is a large hole, and it appears to go underneath of the barn deeper down than you would have expected. You can see that it appears it could fit a person inside of it. Uh, I would like to light one of my five torches. Okay, you light a torch. And I try and chuck it as far down the hole as I can. Okay, you toss the torch down into the hole and you can see that it sort of goes down and you see the slight slope of this hole. It goes down not too far, maybe about three feet. And it looks like there might be some sort of crawl space down there. Maybe, maybe big enough for two people to crawl side by side. All right. Well, good news, bad news, and worse news. Which one do you want first? Uh, I'll reduce my singing to a light strumming and I'll go and join them. So, Finnevere, you stop playing your lute and you begin making your way over towards where Charles Smoot was. Cece was dancing the entire time. She had a grand old time. She even helped you come up with like a little bit more of a new ditty. Well, thank you, the rest of the party, for joining us. So, pick your poison. What do you want me to start with? Uh, let's try the really, really bad news. That way, the less bad news sounds better by comparison. Hmm. Okay. Um, the really, really bad news kind of just jumps the gun and it spoils all the information at once. Uh, there... In order to get to the rats, we might have to go and down a very tight crawl space. Ah. Ah. <laughs> oh, you say what now? So, I found the rats. The rats seem very large, and it seems as if they've started making tunnels underneath the storeroom, this being one of such. Unless we start digging up his backyard... The only real option is to kind of single file our way down there. Hmm. Uh. <clears throat> and this is a structurally sound. Uh, Finnegar, let me, let me clarify. I'm assuming you have not entered the room yet. You're just sort of standing outside of it. Oh, I say join the party. So wherever the majority is standing, the majority I'm of the party also. is standing directly outside of the door, so as to not get absolutely hammered by this noxious odor. Yes. The girls have made note of the smell, but they have not entered inside. Uh, I, I suppose I would get my first whiff of that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I will resort to uh, previous tactics and uh, uh, put a small amount of cologne on a rag and keep it near my, keep it near my face. <laughs> sure. How are you keeping it near your face? You're holding it? Uh, with my left hand. Okay. So, again, uh, I reiterate, our options seem to be uh, crawling down a manhole single file, 
and hoping that we don't get gnawed to death by a swarm of rats, we lay out some poison, or we could dig up the farmer's backyard. And honestly, seeing as it's just displacing dirt and it would solve his problem, I don't particularly think he would mind, but I feel like we should ask permission and then maybe later forgiveness for doing it anyways. Uh, fourth option, presuming the tunnels are not fit for travel, uh, we could try to smoke them out. I already threw a torch down there. Um, I mean, not really overly smoky, but we don't know necessarily if this is the only exit or entrance that they have. If we smoke them out, they could just run somewhere else. So if that is our plan, we should probably have some people scatter out so that they can keep an eye on the rest of the property to make sure that they aren't running out anywhere else. I suppose you have a point. Uh, if we weren't to go single file, uh, how would the front defend themselves? Well, the way I like to think about it is, um, I've got thick skin and those behind me can heal, so if I crawl and swing my greatsword around wildly enough, maybe I might kill something in the process. I don't think you can use a greatsword with... Uh, let me see that crawl space, and I'll, I'll, I'll go, and I'll try to examine. Okay. Benavir, you enter into the room. The smell sort of permeates a little bit through the cologne, but you're able to withstand. Uh, Actually, no, I'm going to have you roll a fortitude save. You just get a bonus. I think that's more reasonable. That's fair. You don't get a free pass. Yeah. Considering uh, with uh, all uh, adds and negative, uh, I, I'm at a, my fortitude is effectively at a zero, and I roll a total a one. I was going to be a bonus five. Um, Finevere. What a wild time to be alive. Oh, heavens. Oh. Finevere, you are sickened for four rounds. You do vomit into your rag and onto the floor. Uh, I tried to find a nice corner to hide this. <laughs> Finevere, as you got closer to the hole, why don't you make a perception check? Uh, there'll be 19. It's hard to tell what exactly it was that made you vomit. The scent of the burning wood is not the worst odor. It's actually kind of pleasant. But the urine, the rotting of food, and just something rotting just smells really bad. And it's going right through that cologne that you have. All right. Understood. Uh, only effective for swamps. And I discard the rag with the, uh, the vomit. You hear a sort of uh, restrained kind of gagging sound behind you. As he sort of walks away from the door. Oh, I can't. I can't watch other people throw up. That's gross. So sorry. At this uh, point, I'm used to it. Uh, can I... I'm. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but knowledge dungeoneering can be used to determine a, the structural integrity of an underground area. If you're in it? If I'm in it? You have to examine it. If you're looking at it from above, you're at a penalty. You have to be within the structure, at least. Okay. You, you could well, examine I'll, the top. Then I'll I'll stick my head in. I'll, I'll get enough to get the first air that the first area. I'll be in it. Okay, make another fortitude save. <laughs> Doesn't the second penalty put him at negatives as well? Mm -hmm. I think it's a minus two. Mm -hmm. It applies to attack rolls, saving throws, damage rolls, skill checks, and ability checks. Minus two. So like everything, <laughs> so you had an effective minus four to everything. Well, it's only it's only for four rounds, so that's six so, seconds of each round. So, so twenty four seconds. That's over. It's just okay. Uh, so am I taking the additional minus two or not? No, okay. you're not. Then in that case, a seventeen. Much better. You do pass. I'm putting you at a penalty because you did throw up before. It's only a minus two for the penalty. But you do uh, manage to stomach it this time. After all, you've just vomited out everything that you've eaten today. Bacon and eggs. <laughs> <laughs>
I suppose this would be sacrilege in America, he thinks to himself. So you stick your head down there? Uh, yes, and I'm trying to determine the structural integrity of these holes. So, uh, Smoot, you see as Finnevir sort of leans over, squats down, and kind of leans his body over into the hole, hanging off the side, taking a closer look. You can roll Knowledge Dungeoneering. Yes, that's what I wanted to avoid doing. An 18 for Knowledge Dungeoneering. Okay. You can tell that the structure appears to be sturdy. Besides the wood that has fallen down into it, it appears that it has it has been frequently traveled enough that the dirt seems solid. So not a great risk of collapsing at any given moment. Nope. Nope. But I also would like you to uh, understand, as you stick your head down further into the hole, you can see some of the lights illuminating down there, and you see a sort of mass laying further down. And you get hit by that smell, strong, rotting smell. Uh, can I perception the mass? It is very dark down there. It's I probably low light. Torch, threw a torch down there. I'm aware. It is further down, where it is no longer visible. What it is, you can see the shadow. Uh, I will. It's like a. It's like a mass of some sort. I will pull out my a candle and use the already lit torch to keep using the flame from the candle as material, and I will do the uh, trick with the uh, light cantrip. I will keep moving closer until I'm close enough to examine it. Ah, uh, Finnevere. So, Finnevere... I, I, I see something. Just a moment. So, Finnevere yeah, hops... a rat and it mauls you. So, Finnevere hops down into the hole and begins squatting and then has to lay down into the dirt, getting his clothes somewhat dirty, and he begins crawling his way towards the mass, getting as close as he needs to. Until it is dimly lit enough that he can see what appears to be the figure of what was an animal of some sort, but it does appear to be rotting, and it's hard to tell exactly what it is without getting much, much closer to it. I will get as close as necessary. You get right up on it. Yep. All right, you get up to it. I need you to roll a fortitude save. Okie dokie. Thirteen. Okay. You see the remains and mangled body of a cat. Its corpse is beginning to rot. You can see its intestines have fallen out onto the ground, and parts of its fur are ripped off as if something was eating it. The smell is quite pungent, and you will feel sickened once again for two rounds. Twelve seconds. Uh, So I will not want to be crawling past this later, and I will grab by its leg and hope that most of it comes with it and drag it out of here. You grab its leg, and as you start pulling to drag, you feel the... And you hear as the leg rips off of the body. I try another leg and do it again. (laughs) You are successful at dragging this creature's body with you. Uh, I take it out of the hole, and it's like, uh, viewer discretion is advised. You see Cece come around the corner and be... Oh, come on, Mr. Finnevere. That's just terrible. Oh, poor kitty. It is. I've never been fond of cats, but this is, uh, too cruel. Disgusting. Uh, ah, uh, nature. Uh, I'm going to take this outside and then come back. Uh, as he is heading outside to dispose of the cat, Charles Smith would also begin making his way outside and noting to the girls to kind of stand aside away from where the potential danger is as he, he as Charles Smoot is going to attempt to address 
uh, Jake Tarnish. So, you both head outside, Finevere holding this dead cat at arm's length, walking out, sort of gagging as he goes. You can kind of feel as one of the limbs starts giving away again, and you have to readjust so it doesn't drop. And Smoot, you follow out after him. You do not see Jake Darnish outside. In fact, it appears that there is a light lit inside of his home through the window. I would approach the front door and knock on it. Make a perception check. Total 24 for Charles Smoot. As you begin walking up the stairs to the porch, you catch glimpse inside the one window, which has shutters on it, but they are not, well, kempt. It appears to be in somewhat of a sort of shambles, but you catch a glimpse of Jake sort of sitting by a fireplace, and he actually appears to have the white and black speckled goat on his lap, and he's petting her, and he seems to be talking to the goat. You also notice, though, that a lot of the animals are still outside, most of them hiding on the porch underneath some shelter that they have found there. The horses are standing out in the rain. Some of them have actually taken shelter in what appears to be a nearby overhang, but they are not going anywhere near the barn. You go up to the door and you knock on it, and a few moments later, Jake comes to the door. Are you done? Not quite. Uh, these are the options as I see it. Uh, you definitely do have a rat problem. We looked through the storeroom. There's a pretty big hole. So, uh, our only options really are to lay out some poison and hope they take the bait, or we could try smoking them out, but I wanted your discretion before we attempted the latter option, just in case we caused, uh, anything else to catch a light. I need you to take care of them dang rats. Can't get the animals back into the barn. Constance Courage can't feel that constant courage if she's too scared to go into the barn. Fair enough. Um, and to whatever closure it will make you feel, uh, one of my associates did find the remains of one of your cats. You can see that his facial reaction is negligible, but you see that he, who is actually currently holding that goat that he is called Constance Courage, he seems to hold her tighter. Well, we'll do what we can to clear out these rats, hopefully before the end of the day. All right. So, Finnevere, what do you do with the cat? Uh, at the moment, I just rest, uh, lay it kind of right beside the door. All right, and you go back in. Yeah, that okay. was it. Finnevere, uh, you see as Charles Smooth starts coming back uh, while you have the door sort of open waiting for him, and he returns. Uh, all right. Well, our options are kind of limited, I gotta be honest. Finnevere, how big did it look down there? Sizable enough to fit all of us? Oh, not side by side, but potentially. If we all went down at once, uh, it'd be kind of cluttered. I think that there's very little that we could do um, if we all went down at once. So should we, should some of us stay up here? Should all of, I don't understand what the plan is. Well, ideally one or two of us would go down at once and the other was, would stand here on standby just in case something were to go wrong. Uh, and we'll take it from there. Alternatively, we could try your idea of smoking them out. Like I said, I don't particularly know if there are any other avenues for their escape. We could have the ladies stand outside to see if they see anything while we start up a fire. Maybe we could use some of the dry hay or any of these fallen wooden debris around here. Stoke something up. Huh. It's raining, Mr. Smoke. Do you really want to have a stand out in the rain? How long do you think that would take? 
Finevere, as you went down there, you saw the tunnels seem to go on for quite a while, and you're not sure if smoking them out would be a reasonable option, depending on how much smoke you would have to make. Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll uh, voice this as well. Considering the size of that, it's not like the, uh, the rats of back home. These things are likely quite sizable. To make tunnels of such size, uh, they're likely uh, larger than the farmer had previously indicated, if I had to venture a guess. But due to the size of the tunnel, I don't know, I cannot think of a way that we could come up with enough, uh, how you say, uh, deterrent to fill the, the tunnels. Even if we were to gather bushes and bushes and light them ablaze, uh, we'd likely more endanger the barn than smoke them out. How far down this tunnel did you end up going? Um, I went down a bit of a ways and it looks like it goes quite a, quite a ways further. Was it sloped downwards? Um, you could tell that where you were crawling from seemed to be maybe at a very slight incline down. It is not going in a singular direction. It does appear to be going mostly eastward through the barn. In fact, who knows? Maybe it has some bends and curves in it. Which direction did the tunnel seem to go from where you were? Did it kind of like expand out or did it go in a direction? Um, as you can probably guess, it's fairly dark down there. It looked like it went in this general direction, but there's no way to know that there's a turn. I I, I kind of like foot by foot kind of make a, a wancy guess about how far it went into the barn as far as I could see. Uh, aside from that, I couldn't tell, but I could go down and shout back. Wouldn't you want Mr. Smoot to go in front if he's supposed to be the big meaty guy? Perfectly fine by me, but I would also say that because I'm a big, meaty guy, I might be a little bit harder to pull out. <gasps> you shouldn't call yourself fat, Mr. Smoot. I didn't say it. I implied it. And I'm not fat. I'm well-toned and stocky. Okay, I'll, I can accept that. Well, alternatively, I can probably crawl a lot faster than you, Smoot, with the aid of uh, some enhancement as I hold up a, a coffee bean. I have a, a motivational spell. Can you only encourage yourself, or could you do that to me as well? I hate to break it to you, Finnevere. I'm a little bit more in shape than you are. Better suited for these athletic endeavors. Unfortunately, I don't know how to do into others yet. So your character has professed that he is very fast at crawling, but that, in and of itself, is a lie. He professes himself and believes that he is a fast crawler. In fact, in all of the village of Taba, he was the fastest crawler. Because, to be fair, you were the one that ended up groveling a lot at Fallon's feet, asking him to, well, not to tell his sister about your feelings for her. Uh, that and to, you know, grab me some more of his mother's wonderful cooking. You groveled a lot for that, honestly. Uh, I did. It's in my backstory. All right, Finnevere, well, if you want to go in, just shout if you need any help. If you want, I can come down with you. Uh, that would be appreciated. Do you want us to stay up here? Uh... I don't know if we should leave them alone, uh, but it's up to you. I don't know how well we'll all fit down there. Uh, stay near the exit. We'll we'll shout for you and let you know if it's clear and or if uh, if we need any help. I think you guys will be okay. Just don't lay the loot while you're crawling, and I think you'll be good. I'd be impressed if he could do that. Why stop the man's hopes and dreams? Let him try. <laughs> Has to do a back crawl. He's crab walking. With his shoulder blades. Yeah. Perfect. Shimmy and all, all right, so gentlemen, do you go down into the hole? Charles Smoot would um not 
take his greatsword down with him, but instead crawl forward holding his masterwork dagger. Uh, I will ask Kelsey to look over my backpack while I'm down there. All right. I guess I can look after it. Good luck, Mr. Vinevere. Yeah, good luck, you two. Don't die. If you do, I'll be very upset with you and I'll bring you back to life and kill you myself. Oh, well, then I better not die. Exactly. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. I'm going to say that again. Scream like girls if you need us. Can do. All right. Smooth. You do speak. You can scream like a girl, right? Oh, That's the spirit. Please never do that again. All right. Let's go. Charles Smoot pushes himself in front of Finnevere, gesturing as if to say, I'll go first. I don't want you to be in harm's way immediately. And he puts himself down inside of the hole and gets into a position where he can begin crawling. Do you pick up the torch? Is it still burning? Torches burn for a while. Yep. Okay, sure. Yeah, I pick up the torch and kind of crawl with it in front of me. You feel the heat of the torch as you pick it up and begin crawling with it as it lights your path down the tunnel. How long does your light spell last for? I feel like it's going to be like a minute per caster level or something. Uh, no, no, no. Ten minutes per caster Ooh. level. Ooh. So 40 minutes. Okay. Um, but um, I did use... We went 60 feet and 20 foot per kernel, so I should still have, what, seven kernels left with the light spell on them? Did you cast it on all of them? Hmm? Yeah, remember I took a minute to cast it on the kernels in my hand? He's saying he cast light on all of the kernels that he had, but he has only used three of them. So as long as it hasn't been forty minutes since his initial Th- trip then, down, yeah, no, then they're yeah they're they're still lit. Oh, I can't really use my hand or carry them very well, so I'll I'll pocket them for now. Okay, your your pocket glows with illuminated seeds. So Charles Smooth's just army crawling, torch in one hand, dagger in another, trucking on forward. The odor from the rotted cat still permeates the air, and in fact the lingering scent of that along with the pungent aroma of rat urine fills your nostrils but you both being used to this at this point begin crawling your way further down the tunnel farther past where Finnevere had pulled the cat out from the tunnel seems to go on for a good while your arms start to get a little bit sore with all the crawling how long would you go on for or would you be willing to go on for what would be the appropriate skill check to determine, like, almost like cartography, keeping like a mental map of the trajectory of the tunnel? If you're trying to recall something from memory, that is going to be your character's intelligence. I don't have knowledge engineering, for what, example, so I don't know if that would be the appropriate check. Right? Knowledge engineering is the appropriate check to okay. recall knowledge of how a tunnel... If you're trying to memorize the layout of something, I would say you can sure if you... You could make a straight knowledge check, but if you are trying to, for example, understand how the design of a dungeon is, you, w- you would make a knowledge dungeoneering check to see like, oh, how old is this stone? All that kind of stuff. So if you don't have it, I certainly do not. So Smoot would have to shout back to Finevere. Hey, uh, try and keep track of where we're coming and where we're going. Perhaps we can figure out where this leads. Yeah, let me know if you notice any patterns or something like that. Vinevere, having already made a knowledge dungeoneering check on this, would not be able to make another one unless he moved into a different area. But as far as he is aware, it does have a slight incline. And as you guys continue onward, the slope gets a little bit steeper and goes 
deeper. You continue on for a good few minutes, crawling, your arms burning, your torch moving as you also move your arms, until about maybe ten minutes down in this tunnel, you come across what appears to be an opening, and you notice that there seems to be a sort of purplish glow coming from a hole that kind of curves down where it seems like this tunnel leads into some sort of area, a new room of some sort. Ooh, a room. Is it big enough to stand in? You are in the back, Guinevere. Oh, um, did you crawl up next to him? Uh, I was considering doing the guy thing of crawling faster one another, but we haven't done that yet. I'll wait. No, so no, I'll wait until I get close enough to see this type of thing. Okay. Naturally. All right. Uh, Charles Smoot, you see before you um, more directly, you can make a perception check, actually. Uh, Charles Smoot has a 16 total for his perception check. Okay. Charles Smoot, you peer down and you can see in a dimly lit area, there seems to be a relatively large standing space beneath this hole. You can see that there is a slope that almost has like stairs beneath it, or not stairs, but like a sloped stair of some sort that seems a natural, like a natural formation um, that leads just down to the floor. Again, you see this purplish hue from the light, but you can't see much since you are, oddly enough, on the ceiling of this room. Well, Anavir, we've come to an opening. Whether that's good or bad is yet to be decided. Do we want to go in by ourselves? We didn't really hit any other turns or anything. Should we collect the rest of the group? We could probably all fit in here. Uh, does it, does it look like uh, we can fit more people in? Is it more spacious there? You crawl up next to him and you peer through the hole. All you can see so far from where you are, just peering down into it, you can see below you, maybe about 10 feet below you is a dirt floor or stone floor. It's kind of hard to see in the dim light, but it looks like there should be enough space for Charles Smoot and yourself, maybe some other people. Oh, an exhausting trek backwards, but I would also like to not die today, so maybe having some backup would be nice. All right. Well, we did the scouting part. Let's go get the rest of the party. Oh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Onward, Finnevere, lead the way. All right. I lead the way, enthusiastically. Luckily enough for you, it is kind of hard to do so, but you are able to turn. Charles Smoot, you find yourself having more difficulty turning around in this tunnel. I would hop out of the... You said it's in the ceiling? You are technically in the ceiling of this It's just cavern. sloped, kind of. I'd stick part of my body out of the ceiling and use the open air of the next room to kind of like finagle myself around. You feel as you stick yourself out a little bit that you can actually touch this natural formed stair. I use it to turn around. Okay, you do so. And go back. You guys crawl back. Like a cautious person. <laughs> like a cautious person. It takes you guys about the 15 minutes. We'll say it was about a 10-15 minute journey. Alright. <gasps> you guys came back. I was so worried about you. I thought you had died. Uh, I told you they were fine. My forearms and triceps feel like they're going to die, but thankfully we all made it in one piece. Well, what did you find? Uh, oh, that's what makes you feel like you're gonna die. I... <laughs> Never mind. 
Oh, the adrenaline of the jackalope died down. So, what did you find? Well, after a brisk 10 to 15 minute crawl around about almost a quarter of a mile away, there does seem to be an opening where this tunnel leads. It's kind of strange that the rats only went in one direction. The tunnel didn't really branch out anywhere else. It all leads to this one room. It seems large enough that we could all fit, and we figured if it's something this ominous, it would probably be best for us to all go. Are you sure you can crawl back? You just complained about your arms hurting. Oh, just give me... I didn't... Give me a short rest. I'll lay down in some hay. All right, if that's what you feel comfortable doing. I mean, we could always just wait until tomorrow, maybe? No, 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 no. Farmer Jake said he wanted this done as sapu. As sapu. As soon as possible. Ooh. Ooh. I had a Japanese kid once take my biology 101 class. He taught me a little. What's a Japanese kid? Uh, I mean, I understand the kid part. What? It's, it's, it's a foreign country. They speak a different language. How many foreign countries are there? Well, well, are you just making these? I think he's making these up, Mr. Finnevere. Watashi well, wa Charles Smoodesu. Kelsey shakes her head. What Mr. Smoot is trying to say is that he's a senile old man who is just daydreaming about things, right? Well, I'm not daydreaming about this giant purple glowy room, so I feel like after we, me and Finnevere, recoup ourselves, we should probably head back down there. Uh, I will vouch for this weird purple room. All right. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to crawling in the dirt for that long, but I guess that's what we're here to do. Yes, an adventure. This is exactly what we were looking for. All right, ladies, follow after me. And Charles Smoot would plunge his way back down into the depths. Charles Smoot did not even give himself a chance to rest. He said, let's go. Yep. Uh... And unless anyone is protesting. Uh, Cece happily jumps in after you. <laughs> There's no right answer anymore. <laughs> um, You got all the crazy down in the tunnel already. No, no, no. This is just a, a it's created a, uh, a, a pseudo inappropriate situation here. <laughs> this happens all the times in books and movies. <laughs> what? I don't understand. Oh, yeah. Well, see, um, no, Smooth went down. Well, and Cece went down, which means Finnevere's options are going behind Cece or going behind Kelsey. Either which. Uh, well, I guess Finnevere will gallantly take up the rear just to make sure. <laughs> and he will pay some cost to his safety. Uh, make sure that there are no inappropriate forward glances. Okay. As, as you take up the rear, you space yourself appropriate distance from the rear. There you go. All right. So everyone heads down into the hole. Kelsey awkwardly climbs down into it, adjusting her jacket, trying to keep her undershirt clean, as clean as possible. And she begins crawling after Cece and Charles Smoot. And Benavir follows up behind, leaving enough space for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys crawl for a long period of time, those 10, Ooh. 15 minutes, until finally you reach that hole. And Charles Smoot, you are at the front of the pack. Charles Smoot will crawl all the way through this time, taking his way cautiously down this natural forming set of steps of or slope of sorts and brandishes torch to the best of his ability in an attempt to light up the room. Okay. 
Charles Smoot, you step down in there, and before you, as you wave your torch around, you actually see the room is dimly lit, and you see that surrounding you is this cavern, a short cavern, nowhere near comparative to the one that you had recently adventured through for the trial. You see around you a variety of fungi that have this bioluminescent glow. Most of them have this purplish hue to them, and some have a blue hue. Overall, it appears mostly empty in here besides that. Why don't you roll a perception check for me? Charles Smoot has a total of a 13. Okay. As you begin looking around the room, you hear as uh, some debris begins to fall from the ceiling, and you notice that Cece is climbing down. Her dress gets a little stuck on one of the rocks above, but she manages to get loose and tumbles her way down. Oh, ow! You don't hear too awful much going on down here. Maybe the occasional sound of scampering. Nothing that sounds nearby, though. Well, come on, ladies. Best not dilly-dally. The night's not as young as I'd like it to be. Let's try and get this done with. Kelsey, then, a few moments later, climbs her way down, followed by Finevere, who may also roll a perception check. Alrighty. Well, that's as good as it's getting today. Uh, 20 plus 6 minus 2. Alright. So, 24. As you guys venture a little bit further into this cavern, giving way for each other to climb down from the hole... You see all of this fungi around you. You also notice that the ground is sort of clay-colored, a little reddish of a hue to it. So as you begin walking, you do, Finevere, notice, however, that there seem to be dried, dark spots of what appears to be blood sprinkled in the dirt, sort of leading a little bit further south and potentially leading a little bit more towards the west. You see that there appears to be a crossroads, but you're not sure if it splits exactly, or if there is just a small column there blocking you. Smoot, take a look here. Is Kay with No, no, no. Exactly here. There seems to be uh, droplets of blood. Perhaps they got another cat and drug it along. Well, only one way to find out. On the trail we blaze. And Smoot begins to proceed forward. Would you like me to roll survival in order to track this blood? Yes. That will be a total of a 23 for Charles Smoot's tracking. Before he goes on ahead, there's something, there's two things I need to do. Okay. Uh, One, I just need to clarify. One would presume that Kelsey would have given Finn his backpack back. No, she just left it upstairs. You went behind everybody, so whether or not you grabbed it, would be up to your character, but she didn't hand it to you. She kind of just went down. She didn't think about grabbing it. Uh, I'll live with it. I at least have that one candle from before. I'll I'll take out my candle from my bandalore. Uh, Smoot, uh, your torch, please. Uh, sure. I'll light it and cast light on one of the kernels of, of grain from before, and I'll drop it at the exit as to mark it for later. Okay. The room is already relatively dimly lit, and Charles Smoot's torch is creating a more... Uh, brighter light. You drop this kernel from that, at that location. Oh, I'm not worried about okay. that. It's just like when we're running for our life, uh, it'd be good to kind okay. of have like a signal right. beacon. Well, follow me. Looks like it leads this way. Up and to the right. And Charles Smoot would begin to follow this blood trail. Okay. The girls follow after you. 
You proceed following after the blood trail, and I would like for you to make a perception check. 16 for Charles Smith's perception. You find the blood trail does continue on down towards the south direction, but it seems that it kind of veers off a little bit following along the curvature of the tunnel, and you do see off to your right, there appears to be a small outcropping where there are a variety of fungi sitting in a crevice of the wall. But you also do see what appears to be the form of another feline creature lying in a dried pool of blood, its corpse rotting. Well, uh, how many did Jake say he had? He had like three cats. Two down. Um, not another one. That's kind of sad, though. Oh, poor kitty. Well, Mr. Finnever, you want to drag this one back ten minutes? I think we'll pass on that one. Uh, maybe later. <laughs> okay. Right. Um... Uh, the cavern seems to split off. I'm going to keep following it down the right word. Uh, Finnever, pull up the rear, but keep your eyes posted on your six. Make sure you know, nothing sneaks up behind you. Uh, Finnever, oh. as you're walking, why don't you roll perception check? Uh, can I pull up my crossbow? Um, since sure. we're in a potential combat situation. Okay, perception on the rear. This is when you want to watch the rear, not avoid it. Uh, 22. Rolling okay. hot tonight. Vinevere, as Charles Smoot begins diverging towards the rightmost path, he begins walking down it. A Charles Smoot, you can roll your own perception as you go down there. Vinevere, you, you actually see to the left... A little bit around another one of these columns, you see what appears to be some sort of debris lying on the ground. It looks like some sort of cloth and other junk. Nearby, another pile of these fungi which are extending from the wall, illuminating the room with a dim purple aura or hue. Well, anything of uh, man-made origin is of interest. Uh, so I'll say, don't go too far ahead as I go to examine it more closely. That's fine. Just don't split up too much. I'm just poking my head in this room. Uh, uh, I'll go with Mr. Smoot. NCC follows after Mr. Smoot and Kelsey is sticking by Finnevere. Charles, as you go over to this room area on the side, you can barely see anything here. It's barely lit. You do notice, however, there seems to be a very tight crevice to your very left in this room, but it doesn't seem to extend any further, and you do not seem to be able to fit through it, and neither would Cece. Well, it's a dead end over here, unless you're the size of a mouse, not even a rat. Uh, Finnevere, you progressed further into the room, towards the debris? Yeah, wherever I saw the cloth. Okay. You go over, and you find this debris is... Definitely cloth, and it appears to be a sack of some sort. Probably something that would might have that might have been storing some grain for a long period of time. But you also find bones that have been picked clean. Presumably, another cat. Let's go three for three. Uh, so they're definitely not human sized, right? They are not human sized. So, so this is a cat that's separate from the other cat that we saw, right? Yes. Okay. I think I found the third cat. I'll kind of say down the line. Charles Smoot and Cece would double back and attempt to meet up with the rest of the group. All right. Uh, Finevere and Kelsey are looking at this body for a good bit of time, and you guys are able to make your way back over towards where they are, and you also see this, the remains of a cat lying on top of a tattered red cloth. 
and a empty sack of what was possibly grain. You find some kernels in there that have been mostly chewed up, almost like scraps, barely even able to pick up, just lying on the floor around the bag. Can I inspect this area more and roll a knowledge nature? Determine if this is like regular animal behavior to drag something all the way back here? Sure. Uh, got a 21 on that knowledge nature. You know that where you were from, rats like to gather things to keep warm, especially when winter comes around. They want to make a nest for their family, their brood, so to speak. It is probable that they have been gathering materials for a long time, probably stealing from the farmer and bringing them down here. This seems like rather reasonable material and also reasonable behavior. All right, well, this definitely seems like the beginning of a rat's nest. I guess I'll push on further ahead. Charles Smoot, as you progress further into the cave, moving actually north of where the animal remains were, you see another piece of cloth sort of lying in the center between a stalagmite and a wall. You see this tattered cloth lying on the floor, and you see a bit further in some of the blue hue from some blue fungus. Seeing as the cavern continues to go off in a northeasternly direction, Charles Smoot would continue to push on, but making sure that he's not out of earshot of the rest of the group. All right, guys, I'm just going to go a little bit deeper and see what I can find. Charles Smoot, as you progress a little bit further, stepping nearer to the cloth, you actually need to make a perception check. Got a natural crit for a total of 26 on Charles Smoot's perception. 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 Perception check. You actually seem to catch a glimpse of some sort of brown furred creature up to the northeast, even further in. You also hear the sound of dripping water and maybe something deeper into the cave. You hear the scritching sound. And with your knowledge, nature, you also remember that rats tend to be nocturnal, usually moving only at night, and also when it is very quiet, little risk of being seen. All right, people, look alive. It looks like we got ourselves the culprits. So, Charles Smoot shouts back to the group, and as he does this, his voice echoes throughout this cave, and all of a sudden, you hear the loud screeching and scratching of dozens, if not hundreds, of rats. And you see as the brown-furred mass ahead of you rises up on its haunches and its fur stands on its hackles as it hisses at you. And that is where we're going to end off this week's episode of The Gate Chronicles. We'll have to get into combat next, next week. Thank you, Foundlings, for listening to this week's episode of The Gate Chronicles. We hope that you enjoyed and you will continue to follow along on this adventure inside this universe that we have created here. If you've enjoyed today's episode, this series, or overall the podcast in general, hey, consider leaving us a rating and a review on whatever podcast listening app that you are on or through things like Podchaser iTunes if you're able to. You can support the podcast in other ways by sharing with your friends, telling somebody about it and actually sitting them down and putting it in their ear holes or take them on a long car ride and just turn it on and then don't tell them what's going on. Just, just throw them in the story out of nowhere. Bada bing, bada boom. You did it.
Or, you know, you can also go to our website, Missing Role Player Found. That's missing R-O-L-L playerfound.com and picking up some merchandise where we have hats, stickers, t-shirts, and more. Again, I am a big fan of the hats. I have three of them. And if you want to be even cooler, consider going to our Patreon and donating to the podcast monthly. Your donations go directly to supporting us and creating the podcast. It's really just towards the uh, things like website and hosting and music and editing. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm sorry about that last part. But yeah, so consider doing that, guys. And in return, we give you some bonus stuff like bonus content, bonus episodes, early releases, GM notes. Heck, if we get enough people, maybe we'll even add a goal where you can actually have a session with us, Quentin and I, and sit down and talk about world building. Ooh, how about that? Sound fun? Well, go to the Patreon. Let us know what you want. All right? So, Foundlings, we'll see you next, next week on another episode of The Gage Chronicles. Bye! Bye, guys! Bye!